you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> what is up? Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. What is up, Wolf? Not much. How about you, Luke? Uh, just uh, 8-0. That's what the Phoenix Suns <laughs> are. 8-0 since Kevin Durant started playing for them. The snowman, the stick in the snowman, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Kevin Durant, of course, and 8-0. It fits <laughs> like a glove. Feels good. Meanwhile, the uh, Mavericks just aren't playing any of their players tonight in a game they have to have. Just looking through that list. Uh, let's see. Kyrie Irving, uh, he's not playing. Josh Green, no. Tim Hardaway Jr., no. Maxi Cleveland, no. Christian Wood, no. They're all going to miss tonight's game against the Bulls. A must win for the Mavericks. Okay. A must win right there. They're all going to miss that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, really? It's, uh, the I mean, Bulls. Kyrie Irving, right foot injury. Josh Green, rest. Tim Hardaway, left ankle soreness. Maxi Kleba, right hamstring injury. Christian Wood, rest. <laughs> I mean, it's game 81 and your season's going to end if you lose it. Okay. Maybe you could rest a different night. Yeah, tomorrow. maybe you could do that. Yeah. Just a little tip from your Uncle Luke, apparently. Luca's playing. Yeah, okay. It'll good. just be Luca. There we go, Luca. <laughs> Luca against the Bulls. Okay, what can we read into that right there? It'll just be Luca, actually. <laughs> they're playing. Okay. I have no idea. They <laughs> you just, can read a lot of free throws. They're mad that. at Luca. Is that what it is? I don't know. He's going to be mad if he's playing by himself with their season on the line. Oklahoma City won last night, so Dallas has to win out, and Oklahoma City has to lose their final game. Otherwise, Dallas is not getting it over Oklahoma City. I guess they feasibly maybe could. Tie Minnesota. So, you know what, honestly, when they got to win. Hear you say that right now. What, what are they doing? I don't know. What What are they doing? Oh, they're hoisting the colors, and the colors are white. Apparently, that's what it feels like. I mean, a couple of those. I need to double check that this is official. But a couple of those said rest. They weren't like oh, on, broken man. ankle. Rest. Stop it. Rest. What do you know? That 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 has to be a misprint, right? It has to. It's from the Mavs PR. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, this is way too much print. Dallas Mavericks talk. Oh, right it's now. not way enough. If they're much. not even going to make the play in, well, we, we no. can dedicate a week Let's to it. Let's wait until they're not going to make the play in. Right. And then we'll go ahead and have a parade. Okay, so Monday. That's, we'll, have a, we'll have a small parade just around the outside of the building on Monday. How's yes, that? how about that? How about the fact, though, that the Suns, okay, they beat Denver last night. Kevin Durant, 29 points. Devin Booker, uh, very uncharacteristically, could not make a shot. For a while in this game, they won anyway. Now, the flip side of this is Denver didn't play their best players. So there's multiple ways you could look at that game. You could say, hey, nice win when Devin Booker had an off shooting night. Or you could say, why were you only beating that shell of a Denver team by four? But you know how I'm going to look at it, Wolf? 8-0 8-0 with Kevin Durant. Yeah, 8-0. That's exactly what I did. I wrote that down as well. The snowman and Kevin Durant right there. 8-0. Was this the most impressive win of the KD era? No. <laughs> no, it was not. But you know I loved it, Luke. Yeah, you know I, I why know. I loved it. You know I loved it. Because it was ugly. And not only that, because they weren't playing any of their starters. I, I, I'm never going to discount... Beating a team when 100% of the experts know you're going to beat that team. Everybody knows you're supposed to beat that team. You've got to be kidding me. The Nuggets played how many of their starters? 
Zero. Yeah. <laughs> they did play another ish. There were how many ishes at that yeah, game last right? night? <laughs> ish Smith, Ish Wainwright. I'm assuming that Ish was at least watching. Absolutely zero. And Monty Williams had a great cut after the game as well, based on earnings. He really did. He was talking about the human perspective. He was talking about human nature and just how dangerous it truly is. And I he, do understand. Um <laughs> competitive edge of high-level players. I think there's a, I don't know what you call it, but when you see that many guys out, um, you know, human nature, whatever you want to call it, sometimes you drop your guard, you drop your edge a little bit, and and then they're, you know, backup guys and a couple of their guys, who, one guy who starts, started playing well, and that turned us on a bit. So I, I get that part, but as we're trying to build some synergy and rhythm. You just want to see more consistency like we did um, in OKC down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. Yeah, there it is, though, right there. I mean, Monty Williams is not hiding from it, and I absolutely loved it. You're, you're kidding me. The Denver Nuggets did not start anybody. All five of their starters, Michael Porter Jr., they went ahead and sat him. I mean, honestly. And and here you've got KD, you've got Chris Paul, you've got Devin Booker. Here we go, DA. We're going to go out there. And you know what? The Suns look bored to me, well, frankly. I, yeah, I, I would agree with and that And that's mostly, called human nature. Except Kevin Durant. I don't feel – he feels like he was kind of locked in. He's pretty level just in general. He played 41 minutes, and he talked about that after the game. Yeah, most definitely. I felt good always, but it's always uh, good to log in some um, – some deep, some late game minutes, 40 is something. And 40 is a number I love. You know, I like hovering around that number. Uh, but, yeah, coach told us before the game that he was going to try to get us some reps in. So it was good we was able to play a, a late game and, you know, have to make some meaningful plays down in the fourth. So it's good good for us. Now, I want to see how this goes now because y- you could kind of tell yesterday there was already reports Denver wasn't going to play a lot of their guys and there was nothing from the Suns. So you figured they were going to play last night. And Monty Williams has been saying he wants to get some of these guys conditioned to be playing like 40-ish minutes. I think is actually the number he threw out there. And Booker's already been doing it. So I, I wasn't shocked to see KD play that much last night. But I wonder how it looks now because they do play again tonight. And then they play Sunday afternoon, and those games, standings-wise, are completely meaningless to the Suns. So I wonder if it's like, guys, rest tonight, and they play Sunday? That's probably what I would do, <laughs> honestly. If I, if I had to rest them one night or the other, I would probably rest them tonight on the second half of the back-to-back. And then, But I, I would play them again on Sunday. Like I'd play them a good 40 minutes because it's not like you're taking five days off. It's Sunday. So it's not like guys' bodies are going to know, like, well, I was supposed to play Friday, so now I'm all thrown off. Yeah. I mean, I would really just play him every game, but I probably wouldn't be a coach for very long if I did that. Yeah, um, 41 minutes. I blew my mind. He had 20 minutes in the first half. That blew my mind. And I, oh, and then I started thinking, oh, you know what? Oh, now he's going to sit him down. He's really going to back him off right now. He played KD 20 minutes in the first half. I, it's intentional, though, right? <laughs> No, yeah, well, it is now. It's clearly intentional I mean, what he's doing he's, with him. He kind of has said that he wants to get almost like a almost like having a starting pitcher stretched out. He's he, Monty has sort of implied he wants to do that with KD. It doesn't mean he has to play tonight and Sunday, too. Yeah. But, it, but it does, or he has at least made it sound like when he plays, he wants to actually play him. You know I, what I mean? I, I know. I'm with you on that one right there. I, I, I would want to see Kevin Durant finish the season strong. I want to see the Suns finish the season strong. 
um, with the bench getting most of the minutes. <laughs> okay, I do want to see them continue to play Devin Booker. I want to see them continue to play Chris Paul and KD. I do, except for that last game against the Clippers. All right, that one right there. If you're if you're going to face the Clippers, we don't need to play you in that one. We'll just go ahead and sit everyone down. Because you don't want the Clippers to see anything or because it's the last game of the season? Yeah, no, uh, both. Or yes. because you want to play the Clippers yes in the is, first round? Yes, is the answer right there. And <laughs> if they play the Clippers in that first round right now, stop and think about it. The last time they played the L.A. Clippers was February 16th. When was Kevin Durant acquired based on Onions? February 8th? February 9th. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Late 8th, February 8th or 9th. Okay. Um, we'll go either one. I started getting texts late I, on February okay. 8th. All right, good for you, Luke. You you broke the story. You knew about it before I did. Well, wait, February that's 9th is what I read. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. But anyways, you get my point. Yes. He was hurt. He did not play. So that is the last time they played the Clippers. You know what? You don't want to. You just, yes. It, will Kevin Durant surprise the Clippers at all? Oh, look, it's Kevin Durant. He's not, I didn't know. Ke- you know, of course not, Basin audience. He's not going to surprise. No. But why in the world would you, would you provide any aid, comfort, and shelter to somebody you're going to actually play in a meaningful game in the playoffs? I might. We'll get back into this later on because it's not like they're going to be surprised by Kevin Durant. But this version of the Suns, where Chris Paul is a catch-and-shoot guy now because of Kevin Durant, they haven't seen that firsthand yet. So they're probably something to what you're saying. Uh, legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We want to hear from you. Text Al to 620-620 and submit a video with a thank you Al message. You may even play it on the air. Just text Al to 620-620. We come back. What are the Cardinals' biggest positional needs in this upcoming draft beyond just Will Anderson? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm stylish, glow, talk big t-shirt, Billy. Watch on my wrist, but I want that diamond. Talk crazy when I pull up in sight. Mile high, bring that back, some stylish, glow, talk big t-shirt, Billy. Hi, welcome back to the show on a Friday morning, Wolf. I'm looking at uh, ESPN's draft prep guide, I guess. We're less than three weeks from the start of the draft. Matt Miller, who we had on earlier this week, uh, worked with Jordan Reed on the biggest draft needs for all 32 rosters. Okay? Cool. So I'm pretty sure you've seen this, but I'm just going to throw them at you. And since I have numbers in front of me, I'm going to throw them at you in my own personal rankings of what uh, what is least to most needed on their list. Okay? Okay. So here we go. I'm just going to get your reaction to each position, okay? At uh, number five. Number five. Number five, wide receiver. How do you feel about wide receiver as a need for the Cardinals? Okay, um, I think you're right. Uh, There's definitely a need for a wide receiver, especially a wide receiver with a little bit of size, a little bit of speed. Um, I don't think it's a a great must-have going forward. I don't. It would be helpful. There's no doubt about that. But this is all about the line of scrimmage for me, so that should give you some indication as to how I really feel about a wide receiver. Hmm. I think you're going to... Again, this is me ranking their rankings, so we'll see where this goes. Number four. Number four. Four, I'm going to go corner. And I will tell you this, out of uh, looking at their five uh, positions of need for the Cardinals, I have corner way ahead wide receiver. Yes. Way ahead of wide yes, receiver. I would agree with that. To me, wide receiver was the distant fifth on this list. Corner, 
Corners a need. I know that's not line of scrimmage, but they, they, they can't play with one corner this year. They're going to actually have to put a, enough out there. Yeah, I love the fact you actually had corner ranked number four of the five. That is really, really well done by you. Well, let's see what the top three are. Okay, uh, number three. <laughs> number three. Three. Number three, defensive line. Okay. Okay. Which goes hand in hand with uh, number two. Number two. Uh, interior of the offensive line. Okay, I love that. And then, so we can talk about all these together. Number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Edge. <laughs> the only thing I would change is I would put defensive tackle, defensive line, number two. I'd put edge number one. I think you're right about that. Oh, so you'd I'd put, put two and three. I'd put, okay. yeah, exactly. I would put the defensive line, especially the defensive tackle. I would put him number two, or at least the position, I should say, number two. And then I would go with guard center, interior offensive lineman. Yes, number three right there. You want to rebuild this line of scrimmage? Here we go. That gets me jacked up just saying it, too, Luke. That gets me fired up. Edge, defensive line. Oh, by the way, interior offensive line. (laughs) Those three things right there. Somebody's going down, and somebody's going to be bleeding by the time they hit the ground. That's why I love that right there. Now, do the Cardinals feel that way? (laughs) That's the question that I have. Well, here's uh, Monty Austin Ford all the way back February 23rd on Bickley and Murata during Newsmakers Week, and he had just gotten the job, what, a couple weeks earlier, all right? February was the month everybody got hired in, in Phoenix, right? Yeah. Whether it was, or Matt HBI would take over the Suns or whatever. Uh, so here's Monty Austin Ford on what he's looking for in draftees. I'm looking for guys that love football. Everybody in this department is, is if we can find guys that love football, guys that compete, guys that will put the team first, that's where we're going to start. And it, it starts with adding those type of players. And if we can add those type of players, and then there's going to certainly there's going to be a prerequisite um, uh, amount of talent that, you know, I, I love football and I'm going to put the team first. But, hey, nobody wants to see me out there running around on Sundays. Trust me. Um, you know, so I'm not talking that. That's not the only thing, but we are looking to marry that with talented players, and we're going to get those players on our team, and that's going to be the overall philosophy, and we're going to have a picture of how we want to play uh, schematically and the, the traits, the physical traits that we're looking for uh, at each position, and that's going to come through JG and through the coordinators, and that's going to be common knowledge through all of our uh, coaching staff and personnel staff, and we're going to find the right players for the Cardinals, both on and off the field. Give it to me. <laughs> yes! Isn't this beautiful right now, Basinonians, to actually hear Monty Austin Ford get up there and talk about we're going to go draft guys who love the game. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because guess what? When you're out on the field, you don't think of the money. You don't think of it. You don't. You're out there on the field, and you know you've got to compete. And there's another very talented human being that is lined up opposite of you who's trying to drive you into the ground, and you're trying to drive him into the ground. You're metaphorically basically taking the staff, driving it into the ground, and saying, you, Luke Lipinski, shall not pass. You shall not. And, of course, the other guy says, oh, yes, I am. Watch me run you through. You, you have to love the game when you're out there in between the white lines. I'm not talking about leading up to it. I, it helps you at all times. 
but I'm not talking about that specifically. When you're in between the white lines, you better be playing the game for something other than the money. You better be. Because that's not going to drive you enough. Yeah, that's um, that's spot on. <laughs> really, like that's one of those things that when you when you say it, I think people are like, well, yeah, obviously. But when you say it like that, when you're actually playing the game, because everybody always does the well, you know, if you're motivated by money, are you ever really going to be your best? At the, if you're playing the game not for the love of the game, but for the money, that's going to catch up with you at some point. But the way you just said it, of specifically when you're on the field, yes, if you're just playing for the money, when things get tough on the field, you're still getting paid either way. You're still getting your contract. Can can I tell you right now? It's a great it's a great observation by you, because it was built on my take. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's my new thing. I'm going to start taking your takes and spinning you them are, back at you. That's exactly right. You are really good at I've that. Cut my work can in I just half. Say, can I just say right now, though, Luke? I'll, I'll use examples. Okay, Tyron Matthew. Can I wave him around right now, Tyron Matthew? Let me do it. He was a football player. And he was a football player that was a great football player. He wasn't gifted with all of the talent. He wasn't gifted with the size. He wasn't gifted with it. All he did is go out there and make plays for the Arizona Cardinals when he was here. And beyond, I might add. Those guys are the fan favorites, too. Oh, I, I'm just telling you. What, what was it that drove Tyron Matthew? He was not thinking about money out on the field, and I've got to make money. Yes, did he Did he want to play for money? Absolutely. Did he think about it when he was off the field? Yes. Here's another guy, Buda Baker. Buda Baker. Also a fan favorite. Can I tell you, there are guys out there like those guys, and they play all positions. I guarantee you. That's what Monty Austin Ford is looking for. Well, he just described, and I'm not saying that this is the only guy in this draft like this, but it's the guy that keeps coming up. That cut is from February 23rd, and he's describing Will Anderson. And he basically is. Is he not? That's a minute and that, one that, no, uh, that describing is, Will Anderson. and that's the reason why I'm sold. <laughs> but there are other guys like that in this draft. And even if you get Will Anderson, you'd like to land four or five more. You got to find those guys. There's got to be a way to find those guys. And guess what, Basin audience? There is. You know what it's called? Tape. Tape. I long have I believed this. Anyone who's listened to me, you know that I am. I am telling you exactly how I feel because I've been talking about it for two decades. You go ahead and watch the tape, and if you watch one player play the game, you've heard me say this many, many times. You watch one player play. From snap to whistle, every play, and then you do it the next game, the next game, the next game. Before you're done with the season, you'll know exactly who that dude is. Period. You just can't let the combine and the numbers cloud what you're seeing on tape. I thought you were going to argue with me having edge at number one. I thought you were going to say, no, it's got to be... Defensive tackle and interior offensive line in that edge. Yeah, but Will Anderson plays right. edge, and he's <laughs> and he has, precious. He has won you over. All right, text us your thoughts. The Findle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What does Kevin Ray expect from the Suns and the Lakers tonight? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports. He will join us next for game day with K. Ray on Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day, presented by Michelob Ultra.
Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the bull head, catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Well, if it seems like the Suns just played last night, it's because they did. <laughs> and now they're playing again tonight. That was pretty funny. In L.A. against the Lakers, which means more game days with K. Ray. And Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. K., what's going on? Uh, the days and the game just keep rolling along, boys. <laughs> um, we were talking about last night's game, and we only have a few seconds because then we had to turn around and, and start to look ahead to tonight. But But in last night's game... It feels like there's two very distinct ways to look at it. You can look and say, man, you barely beat Denver and, and Jokic and Murray and MPJ weren't even playing. Or you can flip it around and you can say, Devin Booker had an off-shooting night that he doesn't typically have and you won the game anyway. So where do you come out on that, Kay? Yeah, look, it it was one of those games and I just kind of had that feeling even before tip when it was announced that none of their starters were going to play. And it's just, it's one of those things, as much as you want to believe that as professionals, they should be fully locked in and focused and, you know, bringing their best. And I, and I, I thought the Suns played hard, but it was not the razor-sharp focus that we have seen from this team until – until the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until it became clear that this this annoying group of backups from Denver were not going to relent. We're just going to keep coming at you, keep coming at you. And it was like, okay, I guess we're I guess we're going to have to do this, aren't we? <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to make too much out of it. Uh, they you know they pulled off the win. They did exactly what they needed to. Um, Certainly played a few more minutes than than I expected, but I also can't say that I'm completely surprised. Just kind of based on the comments of of uh, Monty Williams, you know, before the game, just talking about the need for this group because they've played so little together to you know to continue to play these games. Um, now we'll see. What that means for tonight? Um, there was no shoot around, obviously, this morning. We, you know, we got to the hotel just before uh, one a.m. this morning, uh, so no, no shoot around. So we won't, we won't really have any clarity on if everybody is going to play, if anyone is going to be sitting out until probably a little later on this afternoon. But you know, they did what they needed to do. Um, Chris Paul said it after the game last night. You know, he needs these last few games in order to really get into a rhythm. I mean, the last two games, he's really experienced like what it means to be doubled off the ball. And he's like, yo, I'm standing here wide open. <laughs> and now he's making teams pay for it. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about CP3 2K. Is just, he always wants to play. He wants to play, and I love that about him. But um, your thoughts on how Monty Williams used the bench last night? Yeah, you know, I, I really do think that he went into the game last night with the intent of 
and whether this would have been the same had, you know, had all the Denver starters played or had some of them played, uh, don't know. But I, I really do think he went into it with a mindset of it's the front end of a back-to-back. Uh, we've got the four spot locked up. I need this group to play as many minutes as, you know, as, as we really possibly and they physically can without obviously taxing them. But, yeah, you Chris 37, Book 37, KD 40. Um, and I think a lot of people probably expected those numbers to be just the opposite, that right. it would be the bench guys getting 35 to, to 40 minutes. But, you know, I just think he felt, feels and felt that they needed those continuing reps on the floor with one another. Uh, I, I would expect that to change a little bit tonight at the very least. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it's game day with K. Ray on Wolf and Luke. Uh, K. We we talked about campaign yesterday going into the game. He hadn't played the the, the previous game. Last night he played seven minutes. Not really a factor. And I, look, I get things can change throughout the course of the playoffs, but it, it feels like if tonight were a playoff game, he's not a real big part of the equation at this moment. Is is that fair? Yeah, you know, honestly, Luke, I, I'm not sure if we have full clarity yet with. With Cam, I, I I do think that tonight and Sunday will provide a little bit more of that. You know, I think that Monty did kind of follow up on that. That uh, you know, he, he's obviously not going to come right out and say that you know this, the 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 previous move was a essentially kind of a, a punishment, if you will. But he talked about the need to get Landry Shamit out there, and and Landry delivers more than just you know, knocking down shots. He, he's a, he's a long rangey and bigger. Keep in mind, that's the, that's the, the key word here, bigger defender. Yeah. And, you know, with, with a team that has struggled with fouls, you know, he's trying to look at, at certain rotations and guys who, you know, who can stay on the floor and, and defend because with some of those rotations, they've got plenty of offense. They, you know, they're going to need another guy or two kind of taking that Tory Craig mentality, which is I can still make offensive plays for you, but my mindset has to be about defending right now. Yeah, it's amazing, Kay, because his use of the bench last night, a campaign playing seven minutes in the first half and then no minutes in the second half, that was one peculiar uh, happening to me at least, and then Ish Wainwright as well. The fact that he only played three minutes, I, I thought maybe Ish was actually going to take on a bigger role going forward. So th- did that surprise you at all? Uh, again, a little bit, but I don't want to overreact to to any of these moves or or non moves by Monty just because. You know, keep in mind we, we've we've got such a unique situation that has unfolded so late in this in the season that we've never experienced before, guys. So I, I don't think we want to read too much into the situation with Cam or as it relates to Ish last night. I don't think we want to read too much into it. I think these next couple of games will give us a little more clarity. And you know, look, it, it could also be just you know, Monty based on past playoff experience, you know, trying to play things a little closer to the best right now. So as much as we as we want to know and maybe think we know, uh, here's the answer. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Kay, I would say the biggest um, development for the Suns here over the last couple weeks is, is Chris Paul and Chris Paul turning into a catch-and-shoot guy because that's what this offense now allows him to do. That, to me, is something the teams probably haven't prepared for as the Suns head right into the playoffs. How big could that be? Well, look, I mean, last night showed you how big it could be. Uh, and, you know, it was funny. You look back a couple of months ago as this kind of transition was still in the early stages based on Chris's, you know, injury absence. But Chris was struggling with his three-point shot, but it was because he didn't have his legs fully underneath him. But this is a guy that can shoot a high percentage from three. In in the seven-game win streak now, he is approaching 43 44% from beyond the arc. And the wide-open numbers are even higher than that. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that is why that, that Monty is probably playing these guys more minutes because he wants to see more of that. He, he wants and needs more volume situations like that to prepare Chris. Um, and he has shown that he is more than ready for the moment. You know, we laughed. Third quarter, I looked up. There was a minute 30 left in the third quarter, and he didn't have an assist And I had to do a double take thinking my stat monitor clearly is not updated, but it was accurate. He finished the game with two assists. He laughed about it and talked about it on the postgame show. He said, I looked up at one point in the game. I didn't have any assists. He goes, I can't remember the last time that ever happened. It's amazing, man. Thank you, man. Really appreciate your time, Kay. You got it, boys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Kay. Uh, it's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there for game day with K-Ray. Boy, the next game day with K-Ray we have will be going into a playoff game. Yeah. Wow. Also, He's got to be so happy about that right now, yeah. right? I mean, these last two games and who knows what's going to happen. And you're sitting there at the four seed all locked up. Yeah, it's time to talk some playoff basketball, you right, Kay? See your boy uh, Larry Fitzgerald up there on, uh, on the did, Masters coverage. I did, as a matter coverage. of fact, about that. The Living Masters. his best life up there. All right, we come back. We'll go over to baseball. The D-backs have faced some good pitching, and it's only seven games. But could you be a little concerned about the lack of offense from them? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs lose the home opener to the Dodgers last night. I want to be careful how I frame up this conversation, Wolf, because we're seven games into a 162-game season. Okay. <laughs> I know. But it's just beware. Um, the hitting really hasn't been there for these first seven games. Now, do oh, I think it will be there? You. I think it will be there. I do. I, I think we all are, are pretty optimistic it will be there. I mean, but, and, and you know, if you've listened to the show at all, you know that, we're just shooting for five and five in these first ten games. Five and five were better, which now <laughs> you can only do six and four uh, as far as better. But if you get through these first ten games, it sets you up nicely for the rest of the season. Season <laughs> when you're not playing the Dodgers very much anymore, and and so I get that numbers are exaggerated when you're playing the Dodgers, but like Alec Thomas doesn't have a hit yet. 
Can we get Alec Thomas a hit? <laughs> yeah, can we also, can we get Alec Thomas a hit, and can we ban Freddie Freeman from hitting well, at Chase nice. Field? Can we do that as well? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude just breaks. Well, it's absurd that they were able to go out and add Mookie Betts and add Freddie Freeman I, to the top of their lineup. I mean, yeah, but uh, just especially Freddie Freeman at Chase just breaks. Yeah, well. Eats the place of, okay. So concerned. You can be done with the Dodgers basically in three more games for okay. most of the rest of the season. Well, you still got to play in five times. No, that's after fine, that. but five okay. out of 152, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> You're seven games into it. Don't overreact. Everybody remain calm. Um, what are your concerns, Basin Onions, right now when you see the Arizona Diamondbacks play? What Do you have one? Three and four right now. The, the, you know the one concern I had? Um, that Tory won't be aggressive enough on the base paths. <laughs> okay. well, I, I feel like he's been fairly aggressive. He, you know, to me, I, I get it. He doesn't want to run into outs on the bases. I, I understand that. Um, I get it, but I'd like to see them be even more aggressive in terms of adopting the we are going to manufacture runs. Or we are going to lose. Well, I, I like the idea of just putting pressure on the other team's pitcher in that in that sense, especially because as a team right now they're just they're not hitting that well. They're hitting two fourteen as a team. So when you get guys on base, yeah, I understand you don't want them to run into outs because right now you're not getting a lot of guys on base. But on the other hand, that's probably your best chance to take advantage of things, and you've got this blazing speed, the average is going to go up. They're not going to hit 214 all season. If they are, then my prediction that they could hover around 81 wins in a wild card spot is right out the window if if they're going to hit 214. I totally understand it, too. You know, Tori's easing his way into the season here. I get it. Let's, Let's see how this goes. Let's see how these young guys are developing at the plate. Okay, but Alec Thomas specifically, because if you're asking me what what I'm concerned about, I'm not concerned in the sense of like, well, he's a lost cause at the plate. It's not that. But you're talking about a young player who is so great defensively. You don't need a ton of hitting from him. You really don't because he's so good defensively. Sure. When he broke in last year, midseason, he was hitting everything. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't hitting anything. I remember we had him on the show and he yeah. brought it up. He's like, I can't, <laughs> I got to adjust back. He's the one that you, because he's a young player, it's not like he's been in the league eight years and he, and he knows from experience, ah, oh, this will all even that back out. You don't want him to get in his own head that we're a week in, he doesn't even have a hit yet. Because he's too valuable to this team. Yeah, he's got 13 at-bats, if memory serves. He's got 13 at-bats, and he's got the zero, 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 the triple zero, of course. He does not have a hit on the season. I understand that. Do I expect Alec Thomas to start hitting? Yeah, I do. I think the Diamondbacks do as well. Um, I I try to get him as many at-bats as I possibly could at this point in time. I I would. I try to get him as many at bats. I don't care about the matchup. I don't want to talk about it. Get him out in a game. Get him as many at bats as he possibly but do can. You, you don't mean moving him up in the lineup. No, you just mean making no, sure no, he's no, in no, each no. game. Just yeah. make sure he's playing and he's playing in each game. The no fly zone is real. Absolutely love to see that out there. You got Jake McCarthy's out there in right field. Corbin Carroll in left, and of course Alec Thomas in center. I love that. Yeah, and so and that, I'm sure the pitchers do as well. That's that's the thing. They're, they're 
they're not going to pull Alec Thomas out of center unless it gets really bad. Like we'd have to go months into the season probably. But you you don't. I don't want to get in a position where it's like, okay, we have seven games, but we can only play Alec Thomas in like four or five of them because he's just not hitting anything. So I don't think we'll get to that point. But that you asked me what would be most concerning through the first week of the season, it would be that. On offense, and then the biggest question mark, and we'll get more into this later on the show, is the guy who's pitching tonight in Madison Bumgarner, who's looking to bounce back with the game against the Dodgers of all teams. And as you just said, Freddie Freeman at Chase Field. Yeah, and you know, once again, um, it's just been a little disappointing in terms of how aggressive. I don't think Torrey's been aggressive enough. Now, again, Torrey, oh my goodness, Base and Rings knows so much more about baseball than I'll ever, ever know in my entire life, period. He knows so much more, and it is his little, just a speck of something on his pinky fingernail, okay? This is very no scientific. I, I'm just saying right now, I, I think he's probably easing his way into the season, just kind of getting a feel for this lineup and, and how, but I just think they need to embrace the mentality of we need to manufacture runs or we're not going to score runs. And I know there's a lot of people who believe this team is going to be sneaky good in terms of hitting for power. Sneaky good. I, 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 I'm not denying that. They I haven't will, been yet, though. One, one team in baseball has less home runs than them. There you go. They haven't been yet. And again, I think you need to embrace the snake factory, if you will. And the fact that we need to manufacture runs if we're going to score runs. Now, they were given some opportunities. Whoa, I have no idea what that well, was. You went to, you hear you that first right you went there? New York accent, and then you turned into a robot. I don't know how you did that in one word. <laughs> that was really weird right there. But look, they, they've scored seven runs in four games against the Dodgers. They, they've now scored, what, nine runs in five games mm-hmm. against the Dodgers. That, well, that, and that's a real part of this because... Nobody else has played the Dodgers five times in the first week of the season. So that that is absolutely, as much as you don't like the Dodgers here, and I get that, you do have to deal in the reality that they're one of the best teams in baseball. And so your numbers, if you're the opposition, and in this case that's the Diamondbacks, are going to be down. The question is what sort of impact does that have on you mentally when you get out of this Dodgers run here, when you'll be done finally by Sunday. Because as a team, they're hitting 214. Their four home runs are second worst in all of baseball. If I just start reading off guys and their batting averages on this team, Wolf, I, I don't think you'd be impressed by any of them. Even Corbin Carroll's hitting 222. Cattell Marte's hitting 179. Alec Thomas is hitting zero. Uh, Gabriel Moreno, who I liked, is hitting 176. Now, it's a lot of young players yeah. here. Yeah. Cattell Marte, you would hope, would kind of lead the charge, and he hasn't yet, but... There's uh, who's been hitting well, Josh okay. Rojas. No, for me right now, uh, okay, Josh Rojas. Uh, okay, um, Christian Walker's been absolutely crushing the ball. The problem is he's been crushing it right at players. Yeah, which is kind of how he started <laughs> okay. last year too. I mean, he's 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 hitting like two forty. I think if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, two forty. You're right. Well, I'm there looking is. at it, Look and at you're that. remembering. Do you believe that? <laughs> this is what drives. You've got to be kidding me! How did I remember that? I'm not looking at it, Luke. I am not. I, I know he's hitting like two forty. But anyone who's watched the games, you know, he's hit the ball hard, um, multiple times. 
and actually lined out of the shortstop position is actually hitting very, very That's well. The, the top two batting averages on the Diamondbacks are Geraldo Perdomo and Nick Ahmed. There it is. Which was right not there. the plan. <laughs> I believe they've co- combined a three eighty one batting average between those two. I don't right even there. know how to look that up. Um, one's know, hitting four twenty nine, one's hitting three. The problem is Alec Thomas, again, is really, really struggling right now. So let's not overreact. We're not going to do that, Luke. No, especially but, on a Friday. No, we're not it's not an overreaction. To, Friday. We're not going to overreact like we're splatter marks all over the wall. But I do want to play Tori Lovello for you, real okay. quick. Okay, it's easy to sit up here on a day where you lose five to two and be critical. But I just I want to call it like I see it. I, I believe in this team. It's a good team, and we can do those things. And when we do those things. Um, we win baseball games. It's simple. It's plain simple. We've got to do it. He was talking about fundamentals on offense, and, and there's an earlier cut that we'll play later on in the show where he talked about how the offense is not performing how they had hoped through the first week of the season. So it's only seven games, but it is seven games. Uh, when we come back, is this Chris Paul's best chance at winning a title? It felt like that was last year, but they may have uh, found a way to rejuvenate things. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.